25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right. Hour number two of the show has begun. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties. Excuse me a minute. Let me clear my throat. It's crazy. We just had a lot of rap references, and now I'm saying let me clear my throat. I mean, what are we doing here? (laughs) Not related. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire. Y'all text me, call me, tweet me. Type it in if you're watching the live stream on Facebook and all that jazz as well. And hey to everybody on Periscope. We got a lot of people watching the stream today. So that's really good. You're looking for something to do on a Monday? We're here for you. Beaver's here. I'm here. But most importantly, you're here. And I appreciate you listening, tuning in however you are. Also, I have hot coffee in the mug left over from breakfast. Um... From High Point Roasters in New Albany, check them out, highpointroasters.com. Order your coffee there. You'll be glad you did. Uh, I did, speaking of things being delivered, over the weekend, delivered here to the house a brand-new French press uh, coffee pot maker, whatever you want to call it, because I broke the old one. So I'm in business now. I am in business. I still have coffee, and I'm drinking it during the show. So every now and then you'll hear a swallow, and maybe that's bad radio. Uh, Maybe it's not. I'm going to err on the side of not, because I love coffee. Listen, there is a lot of, um, I guess you would call it breaking. It's not really breaking news. It's just news items that all started popping up all over the place here this morning. In no particular order, I'm going to throw these things in your lap, okay? Here as we start hour number two. And then let's see where it goes. Now, first up, Steve mentioned this on the Periscope feed. Steve, I appreciate you watching. Y'all want to check it out? Look it up. I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter. You'll see the links right there. At Radio Wyatt. That's me. So Steve said, have you heard anything about what the Cowboys are doing when they might sign a contract with Dak? What we do know is this. They brought in a backup. Okay, so they went and drafted a a quarterback in the first round. I'm sorry, a receiver in the first round. You don't do that if you're wondering what's going to be your quarterback situation. I really don't think. Now they've gone and gotten Andy Dalton in, the former Cincinnati starting quarterback, and they've got him in there as a backup quarterback, a one-year deal, base salary of $3 million, could be worth up to $7 million on incentives and that kind of thing. The, look, and we all know this. Here's what we know. Piece things together, Steve, real quick, and then we're going to get to these other news items. One, 
franchise tag, even if it sticks this year, they won't do it again next year. And if it sticks this year, they're going to pay him. I mean, he's getting, what, $33 million, I think it is, on the franchise tag. And you all know Dak. He's not going to be some kind of problem. He's not going to hold out over a situation where he could potentially make $33 million this year on a team that could win. And here's why that's important. Yes, the team can win with the pieces that they have. And with, I think, with a prime Ezekiel Elliott before he gets used up, paired with a prime Amari Cooper before he gets too old, it's really this year and next. And the Cowboys know that too. They know this is a window of opportunity right now with this team in the makeup. Yes, they just had a key offensive lineman retire, but you know they're going to be okay on the offensive line. They've added defensive pieces on the front, right? Linebacking core, try to keep them healthy. That's the biggest thing. Um, little shakeup in their secondary. But they've got all these pieces. They're ready to go. And the main piece is the quarterback, Prescott. So they know this is a window of opportunity to go win right now. Jerry Jones wants to win right now and not getting older. So what have they done? They go out and draft a first-round receiver. You don't do that if you're wondering what's going to happen at quarterback. And then they go up and shore up their team with a with an experienced, team-first, blue-collar, veteran NFL quarterback as the backup on a one-year deal. Andy Dalton coming in there. So all those things tell you they, they are going to get it done with Dak. He's going to play for him this year, and they're going to have a chance to win. I still don't think it'll be the franchise deal. Like I said last week, remember, people go, well, you know, they keep delaying. Why aren't they trying to pay Dak? They keep delaying and putting it off and doing what they should. No, I mean, they've given him offers. He's the one that's delayed it, or his team is the one that's delayed it because they're going, well, what should we get? Oh, should we up the... I mean, the delays in all this stuff have been on the the Dak Prescott's agent side of it. And on top of this, right now, they're leading up to this July 15th deadline. They can get the contract done and not have to do the franchise thing. They will get that done, Steve, between now and July. I think it's the 15th, but July, whatever. They will get the long-term deal done between now and then. It's going to be like four years, $34, $35 million. That's what it's going to be. The reason it probably is, they've delayed it some. Dax had the tragedy in his personal life. His brother passed away two weeks ago. We're not going to hear anything about contract stuff on that for at least a month. And then they will get it done. All those signs point towards that. If I'm wrong about it, y'all come tell me. Here's another piece of news. I'm sure you've heard it. We mentioned it in hour one. Don Shula the NFL's winningest coach died today. He was 90 years old. So uh, rest in peace to Don Shula. Heck of a guy. Just a great person along with the football coach. Here's another piece of news for you. This is college basketball. This is probably what? The least surprising piece of news that we're going to talk about here. Louisville is in trouble with the NCAA. The University of Louisville 
has received a notice of allegations from the NCAA pertaining to the men's basketball program. First confirmed by The Athletic, now being reported by Danielle Lerner, who is... She is the lead uh, Louisville writer for The Athletic. Yep, so they've confirmed it. The school plans to send out a release and announce a press conference today. The first response to that tweet from Danielle was somebody from Kentucky with the gif of a guy going, finally! (laughs) I mean, and what next for Louisville? All the Patino stuff. They just announced like furloughs and, and, and all that in their athletics department not too long ago. Now a, a bombshell from the NCAA, but nobody's surprised. Nobody is surprised. That's where they are right now. So Louisville basketball about to go under the knife. And once again, we'll look at the state of Kentucky and go, man, who, uh, who, who does Kentucky basketball have naked pictures of. Really? Who? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's that's twins up there in the bluegrass state, but one of them keeps getting popped by the NCAA, and the other one just <laughs> whistling through the graveyard. That would be Kentucky basketball. But anyway, that piece of news. So you're going to see that. You're going to see all kinds of stuff about Louisville basketball All kinds of information is going to come out. If it were minor, the school would have had a press conference lined up for the moment it hit the media. They haven't done that. They're getting their ducks in a row. So there's all kinds of stuff going to come out. There's no telling what's going to, you know, be the the rumor of the allegations in this Louisville stuff this time around. Okay. So just get ready for that piece of news. And then this. Now, I don't know if this rings your bell or not, but it absolutely gets me excited. When I tell you what it is, you're going to roll your eyes. But just hang in there with me. I can't explain. Jeff Passan on Twitter. He is a Major League Baseball insider at ESPN, writes for ESPN.com. You see him on TV a bunch doing baseball stuff. He's in Kansas City. He just tweeted this, and it was shared to me on my Twitter feed by Matthew, and I appreciate it, Matthew, very much. I had not seen it. The tweet from Jeff Passan says this, Hey, guys, ESPN is going to have live baseball six days a week. Live baseball. Almost every day. First pitch of the Korean baseball organization season is at 1 a.m. Eastern time, less than 14 hours from now, and ESPN will be calling the game between the NC Dinos and the Samsung Lions. Yeah! Live baseball, baby! Come on with it! (laughs) You know good and well you might watch. There is no might to it. I'm going to watch. You go, the Korean Baseball League? Hold on a minute. And look, his tweet got people so excited. The first line, hey, guys, ESPN going to have live baseball six days a week. They're like, oh, Major Leagues? No. 
No, the Korean <laughs> baseball organization. K-B-O. But I don't care what it is. And here's the thing about it, too. Raise your hand if a few years ago, what, two years ago? Or three. Raise your hand if you watched the last time they had the World Baseball Classic. It would have been three years ago, 2017. Spring of 2017. They had the World Baseball Classic. You know, some players from Major League teams left their team for two or three weeks in spring and went and played for their country, including USA and all. And look, odd times, but I enjoyed it so much watching the different atmospheres at these baseball stadiums around the country, including in Korea, where if you've never seen what fans do and how they behave at these Korean baseball games, then do yourself a favor and DVR it tonight. You're not going to be up watching it at midnight. Well, Beaver, you might. <laughs> you may be up watching it tonight at midnight. I think I'll be asleep. I'm going to DVR it because in the morning I'll get up early and the first thing I'll do is I'll turn it on and watch the game. It is pretty cool. Okay, no, it's not Major League stuff. It's not some big high-five, everybody. We're back. But if you're up late, hey, you can watch live baseball coverage on ESPN. And again, I'm telling you, for anybody that watched the World Baseball Classic three years ago, they do it every four years, it's really good competitive baseball, and it's really a, a spectacle to watch the fans and watch how they uh, behave during the games. You may like it. If anybody, if, if y'all watch it tonight, let me know tomorrow. I'd, I'd be curious what your reaction to that is. I'm excited about it. Looking forward to watching it myself. I really am. All right. Um, here. Now, I want to get into this, too. Gator Man, thank you for this piece of information. It's about a current Southeastern Conference athletics director with a comment about um, when practice is going to start for football and when kickoff will happen. Gatorman, where did this come from? If you could find me a link, I would appreciate it. If it's in a story, even if it's in a tweet from somebody maybe who covers Arkansas or something like that, because I'd like to see it and see if there's any context there um, beyond just a, a straight-up quote. And not that I'm questioning you. I just want to see where it came from. But Gator Man, is, he texts me on the Country Pleasing text line. He says, Arkansas's athletics director made a statement and said that they're going to start practicing July 31st for kickoff on September 5th. Well, I mean, that would be right on schedule. That's what that would be. If you have SEC teams practicing in July, you know, you say July 31st, I mean, it's the last day of the month. It's basically an August start, just like always. They would they would report at the end of July, 1st of August, begin practicing, and then be ready to play in that first weekend in September. And, um, you know, I'm sure it's possible. It has not seemed likely at any time recently that there would be an on-time start to the college football season. This goes back to something we talked about on Friday. To me, Based on some stuff that was starting to get out there about behind-the-scenes conversations. Uh, also, pairing that with all kinds of quotes 
from coaches and in interviews, uh, athletics directors and in interviews, university presidents, looking at all these quotes and, and kind of piecing them together like a puzzle. The information was telling you that, number one, they will, somebody will play college football this fall. But there's a distinct possibility it may not be everybody. Number two, the SEC will play football this fall. When you have a quote from an epidemiologist who says, you know, pushing it back two, three months and trying to play in the winter and the spring, I, he said, it gives you more time to make decisions, but it's not really going to change anything from the standpoint of vaccination, medicines, treatment to all this. I mean, in other words, if you're going to play, don't wait till the spring. You might as well play now because you ain't really changing a whole lot by waiting till the spring. Paired with the idea that universities are saying, they're all saying, presidents are saying, even in the Ivy Leagues, universities, we've got to have students on campus. We've got to have their tuition. We've got to have football, period. We depend on that. Those two things right there are two biggest financial pieces at every university, major university in the country. So you better believe they're going to try to play football, but they know you can't bring the athletes on there and have football games unless the campus is open to all the students. So that's what it's pointing to. All those things are facts. But when I looked at it, paired with some of that information, Gator Man, it's going, it looks like it's going to be interrupted. I mean, again, you're talking about over 65,000 deaths in this country over the course of what? How many months? Three months or two months? I mean, it's really two months from the virus. Over 65,000 deaths in the country because of the virus. So, to during that entire time, for, and including now, to say, well, best case scenario would be if college football just started on time. That'd be best case scenario. Well, that's a little hard to believe, isn't it? Especially considering all the hoops that all the universities are going to have to jump through. So maybe they will. But I think what they're gearing towards is an October 1st start to college football. One month later, October 1st is a Thursday night. Then look at this. Look at this, Gator Man. You, tell me if I'm crazy. Ray Tanner, AD, you're giving me a quote from the Arkansas AD. I'm going to give you one from the South Carolina AD. Ray Tanner very plainly spelled it out in an interview last week with, I think it was ESPN. He said, the question is, if all the leagues are not aligned on this, do some of us just do our own thing? Here's the thing about Ray Tanner. He didn't just dream that up. we got to remember ADs in the SEC are having conference calls like every day with the commissioner, with the presidents. Okay, They know what the real possibilities are. Look, if you look at October 1st, okay, Thursday night, October 1st, you know how many weekends, how many Saturdays there are in October? There are... Uh, Five. There are four in November. If you played 
a conference-only schedule, okay, you could play eight conference games, just like you have on the schedule right now, eight conference games over nine weeks in October and November. Now, it starts to get hairy because the smart people in the SEC office would have to sit down and work with the schools and actually figure out what the schedule would be because right now, every Saturday in October and November is not all conference games on the schedule. We know that. There's some non-conference ones built in there, right? But basically all we would have to do is sit down with the entire schedule and go, okay, September is going to be practicing this year, not playing. So all the September games are either canceled or moved to another day, right? You're canceling for this year your non-conference contracts. Hold on, I'll get to it. You cancel your non-conference contracts. And if you have a September conference game, you find a date in October, November to play that. You get on each other's schedule. What happens to those non-conference games? Well, let's say you have a non-conference game scheduled with an ACC school, and at the last minute, the ACC decides they're going to play football. You're like, well, you canceled our game? You can't do that. We got you on the schedule. Yes, but understand this. If the SEC decides the best way to go forward is with a shortened schedule and just play conference games, guess what the other conferences are going to do also? They're going to do the same thing. They're going to follow suit. The real thorn in the side is the FCS games that you'd have to cancel because those teams need the money. The schools may have to pay those contracts off, pay the schools without playing them, and now you're scot-free. That stuff ain't too crazy. Stick around. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau insurance in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi, go with the home team. All right, so uh, hit me up. Divinity Equipment phone line open to you, 995-1059-601 number, 995-1059. You can text the show. Always welcome your texts. 885-ESPN. That also is 601 number. The Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. Look for it. Look for it. And if you don't uh, see it, order it. You can order it from them. But you can also, like I, we, we do the grocery pickup now during this whole coronavirus stuff. We do the grocery pickup at our local Kroger. We put it in our order and they stick it in the basket and bring it to the car. All right, so hit them up. Uh, let's see, Norman. Norman said, Matt, do you do any brim fishing during the bedding times with your daughter? I've always loved ultralight and plan to do some brim fishing this year. Uh, it's been a while. You know, Norman, yes. And it seems like, you know, different bodies of water. These brim do the, the spawning and bedding stuff at different times. 
or or it'll last longer, I guess, you know. I, and I can't I can't always keep it straight. I just know that like you can see it. Most places you fish, if it's not really, really muddy, those brim get up in that shallow water and they make those big brim beds. You can see them and smell them. And you know they're there. And crickets is the way to go. And you know, uh, we we live close to a couple of little small ponds, and one of them we go fish in. It's like we just catch them. You know, we don't really have to look for the bedding time of year. Uh, but I will tell you, you know, right now we're in May, and I guess it's still going on. There's some big brim beds still boiling out there. You can again see the beds. You can really catch them with crickets. And I will warn you. Here's what happens. Okay, let's go fishing 101 right here. This is the truth. You hear so many stories, and so many of us, it's happened to us, where we went brim fishing at the end of April, early May. We're fishing on a brim bed. You, know, you throw a cricket out there. Your cork goes under. You set the hook. You start reeling them in, this brim. And all of a sudden, something grabs your, you know, the fish you are catching and tries to eat it. And in the process, with a little bitty ultralight fishing rod and a little bitty hook, you were catching a brim, and now you're reeling in a five, six, seven-pound largemouth bass, right? And it's all it's happened a bunch. It's happened to me. Well, what's going on is, see, you're in the post-spawn time of the year right now, for the most part, for largemouth. And those big females who have spawned, they, they ease out in a little bit deeper water, and they're looking to recuperate. And the best way they can recuperate is to spend as little energy as possible getting as much to eat as possible. So they will eat something big. They'll swallow an entire, you know, 10, 11-inch crappie, big old bluegill. They'll swallow the whole thing. They're looking for a big lure. And so that's what's happening. And uh, so just get ready. That's my warning to you, Norman, is especially if you got little ones, that ultralight's fun. Just set the drag loose where if a big bass comes and tries to take that uh, out of your hands, you know, you don't lose your rod. You don't lose your, uh, you know, you don't get your line broken. <laughs> Unnamed texture says, Matt, we need more bass fishing talk. Well, what do you want to know? Huh? I know this. I've gotten to uh, know the people at Lake Fork Trophy Lures, Lake Fork Tackle out in Texas. And they sent me a box full of lures and soft plastics and big baits and little baits and everything last year. And last week, I got another box in the mail from them. All kinds of stuff including some stuff I don't have. Big old buzz bait. I'm about to go try that. I don't have any idea if I can get a bite, get one to blow up on that buzz bait in this pond down here, but I'm going to try it. Just because. Just because I want to. Jason and Flagstaff, we're having a fishing segment here, folks. If you don't like it, hang on! Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona says, also, brim can spawn multiple times in favorable temperatures. That's right. And it can go on forever. Isn't it moon-based? Aren't there like the real experts on the brim beds and fishing, catching brim off brim beds? They, they watch the moon and all that kind of stuff. I just go up there and look and smell. <laughs> yeah, I can find it. You find me a place where 
It's a gravel bottom. There's a brim bed on it. Bulldog Blitz says bass are good to eat and are great flathead bait. <laughs> you know, the thing I'd always heard Bulldog Blitz was this. If a brim could weigh up to five pounds, nobody would ever go fishing. Because they take the pole out of your hand every time. You never get them in. That's how strong they are. If a largemouth bass could weigh 100 pounds, nobody would ever go swimming. <laughs> and it's true. Anybody's ever seen it? One time I was brim fishing uh, in a pond outside of Montgomery, Alabama. It was on the edge of some property owned by a guy named Ray Scott. Any of y'all fishermen out there know exactly who Ray Scott is. Bassmaster? Mm-hmm. And anyway, I was brim fishing this pond. And there went a mama duck and about four little baby ducks swimming across the pond. There they go. You know, quacking. Quack, quack. Little ones chirping. I counted them. I watched them. And I looked away for just a second, and then I heard a noise. Boosh! Like somebody had thrown a bowling ball into the water. And I looked, and there was a commotion over by those ducks. And as the water got still again, I looked, and there was a mama duck and three little baby ducks, not four. Now, isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? That poor little baby duck, he was bass food. <laughs> Ate him. Big old bass went up there and just got a duck. That's the way they do, man. If they could weigh 100 pounds, you better stay out of the water. What does this say here? Oh, we're talking about Lake Fork? Yep, that's exactly right. Unnamed textures. Uh, this is from Bass Dog. I'm sorry, it's Bass Dog. He's just, it's not in the deal here. I, I said you were unnamed. Bass Dog says, Charles Parker was good in grad school with me. Great dude. Good lures. I miss tournament fishing right now. Good to hear some fishing talk. You know, over the years, I love it. And uh, over the years, we've threatened Bass Dog to do an outdoor segment every day on the radio. I used to do one. Um, the first radio show that I ever did, daily radio show, we had a, on every show, we had an outdoor segment. Yeah, we talked hunting and fishing at least for about 10 minutes. And we'd get into all kinds of stuff. And I have a background in that sort of thing. Sure did. Sure did. We could do it. If y'all want to, you let me know. We'll do it. Why not? Hey, and look, Real C. Collins. I'll tell you this, Beaver. You run and tell Chris Brooks. You know, Real C. is a big-time Mississippi Gridiron fan and listener and contributor to uh, the Gridiron Show. How many... Beaver, how many times a week would you say that Real C texts or calls the gridiron? A uh, pretty good bit. Yeah. Let me say give or take maybe 10. Yeah. It might be more than that. I don't know. And what, like 10 and how often? What time? Uh, say a week, five shows. Yeah, 10 sounds about right. Although last couple weeks, last week and a half, he's... He's been nowhere to be found lately. Okay, well, I got an answer for you, I think. Look at my Twitter feed. Here's where he's been. Look, 28 seconds ago, he just tweeted me, at Radio Wyatt, 
and said, say a topic I love. And there it is. He's sending me a video from his phone of a live well in a boat that is full of eating size crappie. The man has been fishing. That's what's going on. Fishing is no substitute for texting and programming. (laughs) That's it. That's it. We may do it. We may get into some outdoor stuff here. Just during the summer. I mean, I what I'm picking up on from Bass Dog and Jason and Norman and now Real C, everybody's texting here in hour number two on this Monday. They're all texting and tweeting me about fishing. They would rather hear that than hear me talk, uh, do tomorrow a recap on the season opener of the Korean baseball organization. That's what I'm picking up on right there. Reservoir Dog says, I tuned in to hear, quote, spend as little energy possible eating as much food as possible. (laughs) And he says, I thought, why is Matt talking about me? We're the same way, aren't we? That's why I don't eat crawfish. Because that's the opposite. If my philosophy is I want to spend as little energy as possible, eating as much food as possible, well, doggone crawfish, right the opposite. What I say is if you want to get skinny, just eat crawfish all the time because you'll work harder than the reward. (laughs) I love crawfish. I just want somebody else to put it on my pasta. I don't have to go digging through all that for a little bitty bite of nothing. Bulldog Blitz wants to work in some trophy catfish talk. Okay, we'll get with it. We'll see where it goes. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. All right, here we go. Back with you, getting ready to wrap it up here on this Monday, Monday, Monday. Hope your Monday is off to a fine start. I think it's going to be a beautiful Monday around here. It's warming up. Notice a little humidity starting to creep in, and uh, and that's okay. I like it. I like the sweat when I'm out there mowing grass and all that kind of stuff. You know, and this is that time of year where you have to mow like every three days. But hey, what else are you going to do? And plus, you need the exercise because like Reservoir Dog said, the quote, spend as little energy as possible, eating as much food as possible, applies to many, many, many of us. Gator Man, thank you. Okay, so it was Saturday Tradition, a report. University of Arkansas AD says school planning for Razorbacks to play first football game as scheduled. Okay. I'll take it, man. We If we – look, if you play it as scheduled, great. Seems like there will be a delay, but fine, whatever. Play them. Just bring it back. You want people to be safe. It may, it may be a touch and go. We all have to adjust a little here and a little there. You know, I have not – at all on this show, come in here and 
and use my time with you each day as any sort of soapbox. Uh, you know, speaking of Michael Jordan being aware, self-aware, the great quality he had. Let me just tell you, it's pretty good quality of mind too. Self-awareness. Like, no, I, I don't compare to Michael Jordan in any way other than the fact I've got self-awareness. <laughs> That's it. Uh, self-aware uh, enough to know that you don't come here to hear me preach to you about the coronavirus and what you should or shouldn't do or whether we should or shouldn't be open. I've got an opinion. Sure, you ask me, I'll tell you, but I ain't going to harp on it because I know that's not what you're here for. And I know that my opinion on this stuff is no more valid than anybody else's for that matter. Okay? You know, we all make our choices, and in some ways we all do what we have to do um, as best we can. Let me give you an example on this, okay? Yeah, it sounds like soapbox. We're just discussing it, all right? Since we're sports fans, we want our sports to come back, but it ain't coming back until we feel like this coronavirus isn't going to take over the world. Okay. Let me give an example. Today, I went first thing this morning to the local UPS store to ship something and to ship it out. And it was interesting because um, I've not been there in a long time. It's cl very close to where I live, and I haven't been there in a long time. And I certainly hadn't been there during this whole uh, quarantine, but they're open. And since the SEC men's basketball tournament was shut down and canceled at the end of spring break here in Mississippi in the middle of March, when me and my family came home and we've been basically at home ever since, we've, we've ventured out for different things here and there, but I haven't gone into a store I mean, you could say retail. I mean, a UPS store, it's sort of retail. They sell stuff. Okay, so let's just say retail. I have not gone into a retail store a single solitary time since the middle of March until this morning when I walked in the UPS store to ship something. And so upon going there, I took my mask. And look, I know my mask is not one of those N95 masks. I am not wearing it because I believe this mask will keep out the virus. I don't believe my mask will keep the virus from getting in me if I come in contact with it. Well, Matt, why the heck are you wearing a, ma a mask? Well, because I don't want to have this thing and not know it be asymptomatic and go up in somebody's UPS store and accidentally go <coughs> and it go all over the place. Or be standing there, and on the way in, when the sun hits me, it always makes me sneeze and go to sneezing and sneeze coronavirus onto the door handle. I just believe that if I have the mask on, it might keep me from spreading it if I have it. Does that make any sense? And it's not because I'm trying to put on a show wearing a mask, and it's not because I'm scared to death of this thing. I'm not. It's because I'm, I'm just trying to do my part, as I've been told, and it makes sense. Hey, if you can keep stuff from coming out of your mouth and your nose from getting all over the place, it might help somebody else not to get it. That's all. Okay, so it's really about others. That's all. So I put the mask on, I go in, and they said, stand behind that line there, sir. 
Well, the line you stand behind at the UPS store is about six feet away from the counter. And then I noticed that the counter itself where the women work there, there is a newly installed glass or plexiglass type window that totally stands in front of them between them and any potential customer. Yep. So they're behind it now. Again, it protect them from breath and sneezes and all that kind of stuff. And there were several things where she, she was very careful to make sure that, that she and I did not come in any contact. And at no point were we closer than six feet to each other. It was, it was interesting. So anyway, had that experience. But that's the mask deal. Well, that's on the heels of somebody sent me a video of some former baseball player who recorded a video and put it on social media. And he was just giving it to anybody who wore a mask. You, you know, a bunch of sheep and idiots and you don't think for yourself. And he was using the F word as many times as he could use it, showing us how cool he is and how edgy and hip and unafraid he is because he'll say a bad word. I mean, give me a break. Really? I mean, it's not about being terrified. It's about they've told me that I could potentially have this virus, not know it. But if I have a mask on, it might keep me or help me to not spread it to other people. That's what it's all about. You know, so in all these things, we, we just kind of have to make the decisions that we think are best, you know, and roll with it. At the same time, I'm not coming down on somebody because they decide not to wear a mask. I can't do that. It's not my place to do it. I'm not going to judge them. They do something different. They make a different decision than I did. What happened to some individuality in this whole existence that we have? See, and that's another thing that I have a really hard time with what's going on. Is y'all, listen the very same people that will look you in the eye or send you a video on social media preaching to you about thinking for yourself and, you know, being smart this way or be smart that the same, very same people, really what they want you to do is they want you to align totally and completely and blindly with one side of the political aisle or not. That's what they want. They really People that yell at you about being stupid and idiotic and not thinking for yourselves and being a sheep, as long as you agree with them, they wouldn't call you that. You see, but I, I don't have that goal, and I really don't think anyone should. You may wind up, you may make your personal decisions and on your own convictions and experiences, and you may look and see that you're kind of aligned completely on one side of the political aisle. That's fine. But don't do it just because you think you have to be in a group. You don't. You put on this world by yourself. Thank goodness you had somebody to take care of you. But guess what? You can go out of this world by yourself, too. You don't have to be a part of a group. You don't have to be a part of a group. You can stand on your own two feet. I got news. I'm going to tell you like it is. Hey, kids, you don't, you don't play ball. You're not a big-time athlete. You're not going to get a scholarship. Okay an athletic scholarship, but you're going to go to college and, and maybe be a doctor or law. You become a millionaire someday in business and get a degree and all that. Well, guess what? You're graduating high school right now in May. Listen to me, college, uh, high school graduates. When you go to that college campus, you don't have to be a part of a big group. 
You don't have to be in a fraternity. You don't have to be in a sorority. Now, if you really want to, or if you have a reason, or maybe your friends, it's just what you want to do. Good. Nobody should ever blame you for that. And I wouldn't ever blame you for that. But listen, God forbid you go and go into a sorority or fraternity just because you think you have to be associated with some big group. Just because mom and dad expect you to be a part of some big group, you don't have to. You can accomplish anything you want to accomplish in life, be just as good a person, be just as valuable to your friends and others, do just as much for just as many people going and standing on your own two feet. And that's really what it takes ultimately anyway. Because, you know, maybe again, maybe it's your thing. Maybe you want, maybe you desire to be in that big group associated totally with the big group thing. But there's coming a day when they won't be around. And you're going to have to think for yourself. You're going to have to stand on your own two feet. Well, why don't you start learning how to do that now? And then do that now. Start learning that now, your own two feet. Your shoulders, will get re your shoulders will get really broad really quick. And then follow the golden rule. You're going to treat other people the way you want to be treated. Treat other people the way you want to be treated every time. And you'll be all right. You'll be better off for it. But you want to make the decision, well, i got to be on one side of the aisle or the other. No, somebody's lied to you. Stick around. Stick around.